It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs, online at joescarding.com. Get over to Joe's Carding today, do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. Today's show, we're going to recap the race at uh, Road America, the quick trip 250. We'll talk about the results, a little bit about the Xfinity Series. Noah Gregson got slapped with a little bit of a penalty, but I think the worst that I've seen on social media is he got a stern talking to from his boss. Uh, we'll talk about that, plus we'll get you set for the weekend of racing to come, including this Sunday's race at Atlanta Motor Speedway, the Quaker Stake 400 at 2 o'clock again on Sunday. And uh, for all the racing around the area, uh, Dirk, first show back from the 4th of July. Got your fingers and toes? Oh, I did not light a match. There you go. Cat that don't like that stuff, so he had uh, four days of it, just kind of babysat. Maybe he sat the buddy man, and yeah. uh, he did pretty good. Good. Good deal. Yeah, I went over to my cousin's house out by Warner Park, and um, they put on a hell of a fireworks show. Between him, his buddy, and my older cousin, uh, all three of them lit off fireworks in a, a pattern and uh, uh, put on a pretty damn good show. Uh, it was hot as hell, though. Man, I was ready for that sun to go down. Yeah, I... Uh... I went over to Dave Wilson's and uh, he was having to head out and actually get started on his truck week Monday afternoon. So we took, uh, did a little grilling out early, ate, ate a good strip steak and some shrimp and potato salad and peach pie and Oof. and got him a big belly full before he got in his truck so he could go to sleep while he was driving down the road. And, uh, <laughs> I ended up, uh, we put my mother in the hospital Thursday night. Oh, no. Yeah, some of that lovely UTI things. And when they mm. hit those older women, they get kind of squirrely. And, yeah. Uh, so she's actually still in and uh, going to hit the rehab center for a while because she's so weak. It, it turned into a mess. But, uh, you know, actual physically health-wise, she's laying in a bed and she ain't even eating. You know, 70-plus year smoker, and she's not even on oxygen. Yeah. Yeah, I keep trying to tell my dad, who's been a lifelong smoker, that, you know, eventually it's going to catch up to him. And then he goes to the doctor for his annual physical, and he gets a perfect bill of health. And I'm like, (laughs) but I guess that's what it, uh, I guess that's probably one of the advantages to being a farmer, and he's constantly on the go, so. Well, that's one of the pluses. I mean, I honestly think a lot of that stuff is genetic. Yeah. You know, well, I, I don't know if it's genetic because because I, I haven't gotten a clean bill of health from my doctor in a couple of years, but it's also, you're not smoking enough. That, <laughs> that might be it. <laughs> Too many sunflower <laughs> seeds, not enough Marlboros. <laughs> so, you know, maybe you need to change up your your after dinner diet. I guess so. I guess I need a beer and a bowl. Well, I got the beer covered, a bowl of ice cream after dinner every night. <laughs> that don't go good with the beer. I know that. Yeah. He makes it work. Sometimes it's a glass of iced tea if it's been a long day. But all right, Sunday's race at Road America. Tyler Reddick holds off one of the best in the road course business, Chase Elliott, for the win. Uh, Neither of them had very good first and second stage finishes, but both of them contenders for the win at the end. Dirk, uh, once again, I unfortunately did not get to watch it. Uh, Can you kind of walk us through what you saw? Uh, Yeah. Chase Elliott dominated the la- um, the first two stages, mm-hmm. totally, totally dominated. Um, but at two laps to go, at the end of each stage, he pit stopped so he could start the next stage up front. Mm-hmm. And all the guys that finished up front, Tyler Reddick was in that same boat. I think uh, Elliott finished 10th the first stage and 9th the second, something like that. But he, by far, led the most laps. Uh, 36 Uh, of the 62 laps. hmm, That would have been a few more than that. But uh, I thought he led more than that in the third stage because I think it was 15 and 16 laps for the first two stages. They got to halfway, and then the second half of the race was the third stage. But 
I thought he led a little further than that. I was going to say he led like 40 or 45 laps, but all right. So he, he only led a few laps the start of that third stage, but uh, he chased, he was right on Reddick's tail for probably the next 15, 20 laps. And then Reddick kind of stretched it out on him a little bit towards the end. Am but, I seeing uh, that right? That there was no cautions other than stage ends? Yes. Wow. Yeah, there was a few spots there could have been cautions, and there was one right towards the end of the race that would have made things interesting again. Um, Ty Dillon cut a tire down and was going down one of the long sheets. I don't remember if it was heading into turn five, but uh, and he was putting a little bit of little few chunks of rubber on the track, but he went ahead and pulled off the track when he got to the turn five because there was a place to do so. So they didn't throw the yellow. If they would have thrown the yellow, that'd have been a, a green white checkered at the end. And like I said, it might have made the race interesting. You know, what would have made it interesting is that people would have taken if anybody would have stopped. Yeah. That's what would have made it interesting. Uh 29 cars ended up finishing on the lead lap. That last car on the lead lap was Kyle Bush. Uh, kind of a mixed bag of uh, of finishers. Like we talked about, Tyler Reddick got the win, Chase Elliott second, Kyle Larson third, Ross Chastain fourth, and Daniel Suarez with the top five. Busher, Sendrick, McDowell, Almondinger, and Harvick, your top tens. Uh, Brad Keselowski, 33rd, Kyle Busch, 29th, Joey Logano, 27th, Kurt Busch, 23rd, um, Danny Hamlin, 17th. Did I see it? I'm, I'm going to try to pull it up here as we're chit-chatting, but I thought I saw something that about halfway through the season or a little over halfway through the season, what are we, 17 races in, 18 races completed? Something um, like that. Denny Hamlin has 26 pit road penalties. I believe it's 27 now because he got two the other day. Good land. And to, the other day he went through too many pit boxes, and I mean – he went through the, the fourth pit box by about the width of a tire. You know, he it's not like he took half his car through it and was driving down through everybody's pits. He was trying to, you know, he was coming out gradually from his pit box. But uh, like Jeff Burton was saying, the pit boxes are on the right side of the car and you can't see them. Mm -hmm. So you have no idea where you're at. And he was just cutting across the corner that fourth fourth box and he did it two times i mean don't you you still have your spotter counting you down i i get that it's not as easy or not as natural but you still got your spotter counting you down well they're they, they count down they don't count out yeah but maybe it'll be something they start doing i mean you know let's face it denny hamlin's made a career of being a, a mess on pit road i I I just I can't I'm gonna look at if he if he ends his career without a championship, I think that's where you look. He's had that's been his glaring issue his entire career is pit road speeding penalties, uh, you know, too many uh, not finish stopping in your pit box or pitting outside of your pit box. Or I mean, he's well, he's had quite a few driver enforced pit road penalties that clean up half of them. And I think he's he's more of a contender for championships. Yeah, well, I, I don't see him pitting out of the box much, anything like that. He does have a ton of speeding penalties. And that's what most of this 27 is. I don't know if he's got anything else. I think those 20, first 25 very well could have been speeding penalties. Yeah. He's always had a bunch of and uh but the other day it was kind of it was kind of weird, you know. And like I said, when Jeff Burton explained that, you go, oh, well, that kind of makes sense. And then they showed him doing it, you know. And then when they said he did it the second time, you know. Yeah. It is what it is. Uh, Keselowski finished clearing the back. He got into it. Who did he get into it with? Um, I can't remember. Bubba Wallace and Joey Logano got into it in turn five. That's what kind of knocked their finishes down quite a bit. Mm. But maybe Kozlowski got into it with Kurt Busch. Because Kurt Busch was running in the top 10 most of the race. So, yeah. Um, 
good race though are, are you are, were you happy with it typically when there's this few cautions it it tends to get strung out and it's not very entertaining well when chase elliott went off with two laps to go in the first stage he had like a 10 or 11 second lead there hadn't been a caution nobody'd been pitting you know some of the guys in back pitted but all those leaders pitted right behind him and he had such a big lead on the second half of the field he made his pit stop and that's a long pit road there mm-hmm. he came out in 10th place maybe even in ninth place Good land. <laughs> uh, you know, all right. You know, that's equivalent. That's almost a one lap lead at Bristol type yeah. thing. Nine seconds. And that's over second place, not over last place. That's over second place. That was and the... he didn't have that big a lead to second stage. The second stage, Reddick was on his tail. Um, I'm going to say the biggest lead he got the second stage was maybe four seconds. And when they pitted with the two to go, um, it was maybe a second or a second and a half lead, and he had a little trouble on the right front tire. And Reddick was on his back bumper when they came out of the pits for two laps to go in the second stage, but they were running like ninth and tenth or tenth and eleventh or something like that. Yeah. All right. So that was the quick trip, uh, quick trip 250 presented by Jockey at uh, Road America. A very well accepted race by the NASCAR community. Because Tyler Reddick's a little overdue on getting a win, and he's going to get a lot more of them. I think so, too. Uh, speaking of that, it was Tyler's first career Cup Series win. He now joins, um, let's see, where was Ross that? Chastain and Daniel Suarez as first-time winners on road courses this season. He also joins Austin Sindrick, Chase Briscoe, Ross Chastain, Daniel Suarez as first-time winners this season. But Ross Chastain won on a road course. Mm-hmm. Next road course, David Suarez won that. The third road course, Reddick wins that. So all three first-time winners on the three road courses this year. Good deal. Uh, just looking at the – It knocked Kevin Harvick out of the points for the, uh, the playoffs. Oh, is he out of the top 16? They've got so many winners. Wow, I think he is. 13 winners now, I think. He is 20 points behind Christopher Bell. Only three drivers. Wow, that's crazy. 13 winners this season. 16 spots. If you win, you're in. Assuming that there's not 17 winners, then it will be down to number of wins and points. Um, But yeah, uh, Kevin Harvick, Eric Amarola, Eric Jones, and Austin Dillon are four four drivers that are outside of it. Austin Dillon needs a win. He's 94 points out. That's a lot to make up. Um, but Martin Truex Jr. and Ryan Blaney, along with Christopher Bell, those three drivers uh, pointing their way into the playoffs right now after Road America. Boy, can we see? I I, I don't remember. I, I'll have to look it up, but how many winners have we had in a season? Typically, we're right at about that 12 to 14, and we've got six more, uh, seven more races to go. No, eight yeah. more races. Um, eight, I think. But it's, uh, and it might be seven. Um, yeah, I I think in the playoffs, I think there's only been 14 winners before. And I don't remember since they, uh, you know, switched everything from the full season points to, what the hell did they call it before the playoffs? The, uh, the chase? The chase. There you go. Um, and I think in the chase, when they started the chase, they only took 12 drivers. If I'm not mistaken, the first and maybe the first two years of the chase, they only took 12 drivers. And then they upped it. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, um, this year is, has been an exceptional year for first-time winners. You got to yeah. pile up. Yeah. And when you sit and, I mean, realistically look at it, let's just look at the guys that have won races before that haven't won this year. Obviously, you've got Harvick and uh, – did Truex win yet? Nope. No. Harvick and Truex. Um, Eric Almirola has won before. Eric Jones has won before. Bubba has won before. 
Kozlowski's won before. Chris Buescher's won before. And I mean, several of those guys only have one win or a, a gas mileage win or a rain win or something. Yeah. You know, but, you know, there's a whole bunch of guys there that could sneak in and get those last two wins. You know, Harvick's been, been doing, he's been getting in the top 10 the last few weeks. You know, he's, he's looking a little better. Did you say uh, Kislowski's won? No, no, he hasn't won. Oh, I thought you he said has, he had he won. won previously. There, those guys have won races in Cup. I see. Not this year. Previous winners, uh, in, in typical drivers, you would expect to have had a win by now. Correct. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, Bubba's won one race. So it's not like you expect him to win, but he has won. Same with Eric Almarola. Eric Jones has won a couple times. Um, Man. Chris Buescher's won once. You know, and a guy not the guy racing part time that's you know been up there. I mean, AJ Allmendinger's won once, and so has Justin Haley. Yeah. Um. So there's a lot of guys that are capable of winning. Brad Keselowski, by the way, currently sitting thirtieth in the uh, Cup Series points. Well, he had that huge penalty early in the year, but now, now that he's at least thirtieth in points, now if he wins, he does qualify for the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, uh, can't seem to find n- most winners in a season real quickly. It's just pulling up number of wins by drivers, but I'll keep looking into that and try to get back to you guys on that number. But yeah, it's been an exceptional year for wins. Did you see that video going around of when Bruton Smith uh, encouraged doing mandatory yeah, cautions? I shared that, baby. <laughs> What's that? I shared that, baby. <laughs> Is that where I saw it from? <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, I liked I really liked Kevin Harvick's comment. You're talking about the guy who ruined Bristol. (laughs) Yeah, you mean the guy who ruined Bristol? Ouch. Ouch. All right, let's keep moving forward. Couple of uh, stories before we get into the next turn and uh, have our conversation with Ryan Arbogast, uh, driver of the number two sport modified throughout the area. Uh, Pit crew changes for uh, Bubba Wallace and Christopher Bell. Um, I do kind of feel bad for Bubba. I think he's he's getting some undue grief on social media because fans seem to think he sucks when he's not putting up bad results as long as his pit crew would do a little bit better of a job. You know, keep the wheels tight. Um, B.A. Joe Gibbs Racing pit crew. Wheel. I mean, there's been a lot of guys with the, the loose wheel. But what, what people don't like, and and then what I hear, and literally, you know, I talk. I've got a lot of NASCAR fans that I talk to on Facebook, and I'm talking, you know, from guys that are still crewing for cars, and the several crew chiefs I talk to all the time. What yeah. the fans don't like is NASCAR over the last couple of years has put him on a pedestal, yeah. and it's true. And that's what they don't like. That's why they give him a hard time because they don't think he's earned that right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I agree with part of it too, but I took my picture with a guy. I got a selfie with him. I got nothing against him. You know, he's done, he's done a lot of, he's done one thing that so many people will never even get a chance to do. And that's win a damn race. Yeah. And the, you know, I, I get why NASCAR does it because I walked around Kansas speedway 15 years ago and I saw one black person, one. We walked around Kansas Speedway earlier this year, and there was a flood of them. In the last couple of years, I've seen a flood of black people out at I-80 Speedway and Eagle Raceway when I never saw it before. He has brought an entire new community to the racing world. And, you know, maybe NASCAR or the media partners overexposes him, but they're buttering he's buttering their bread right now. And I draw a very, very similar situation to Dale Earnhardt Jr. Didn't matter how good or bad Dale Earnhardt Jr. finished. The guy's been retired for how many years? And we're still quoting him. I I don't know how much he's responsible for that. One thing that's responsible for it is NASCAR is doing a good job of getting celebrities involved. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm talking, um, you know, obviously now Michael Jordan's inside. And even though... Brad Doherty's been involved with it for 15, 20 years. Yeah. You know, former NBA player, you know. Um, but, I mean, uh, you know, when Brendan Gaughan was driving in the truck series 20 years ago, he was bringing – he brought uh, 
Coach Thompson and, you know, half the Georgetown team to a couple races when we were on the East Coast. You know, you talk about seeing something odd in the garage when you, you turn around behind you and there's like five guys that are 6'10". Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know that's not NASCAR. You know, it just <laughs> no, it was just it, weird. But it's a little in, it's a little imposing as a as for me as a five foot nine guy. I look behind me and there's a six six and a half foot guy behind me. I'm a little freaked out. You know, and, and well, and when there's a whole basketball team, you know, five <laughs> or six of them, but they were real nice. I I recognized yeah. Coach Thompson. Other people were kind of looking at him like, "Who's that?" And I said, yeah. "Coach, who are you looking for?" Or I said, "I know who you're looking for." And he smiled and he said, "Who's that?" And I said, uh, "Mr. Gone." And he said, "Yeah." And I pointed out. I said that. That uh, yellow, blue, and red truck right down there is where he's going to be. And he said, thank you. And off they went, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got Patrick Mahomes coming. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs show up and come on stage. 50 Cent was at Daytona. Um, who'd they have up at? They just had some high-ranking high, high, uh, high ranking Air Force guy up in Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, yeah, and um, maybe it that. is a culmination of things. But, I mean, it, I – when they post something about Bubba, I'm thumbing through Facebook and I say, I care or I don't care. And I move along. Just that's, kind of, that's about what I do. Yeah. And, and guys, honestly, seriously, <laughs> here's the, here's the thing about Facebook algorithm. If you stop on a post about Bubba and you comment, you are reacting and that's all they're looking for. So if NASCAR is seeing that their Bubba Wallace posts are getting 30 or 50%. I'm pulling numbers out of my butt, but if they're seeing larger reactions out of a Bubba Wallace post than out of a Denny Hamlin post, guess what they're going to do? If you don't want to see it, thumb past it real quick. It will not show up in their algorithm. They'll begin to see that people are moving on past it. That's my simple tech advice to you guys. And it comes with that way with anything on Facebook. And and let's just go one step further. Hey, this is America. You got a right to free speech. But if you think your comment is going to actually change anybody's mind, you're going to have about, about as much luck as Dan and I do. That's right. <laughs> it's not going to mean anything. <laughs> All right, let's keep moving forward. Uh, Tyler Reddick announced on Saturday last week that he'd signed a contract extension with Joe Gibb, or excuse me, with Richard Childress Racing. So the day before he uh, knocks off his first career cup series, win, he ends up locking down a contract for the 2023 season. Now um, they just to extend on that a little bit during the race. They talked about that mm-hmm. and they said, Richard Childress exercised his option. Oh, next okay. year on Tyler Reddick. So he still signed a contract, but it's not, what you would standardly think of. It was something already there. And obviously he's having a solid season. Yeah. The first, I don't remember what they said. The first uh, was at a 91 races, I think since uh, Childress had won since uh, Austin Dillon had won a race. Good land. That's two and a half years, four, two and a half years. Yeah. Wow. Something like, I think it was 91. I think that was the number they threw out there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so, I mean, now he's got his grandson and he's, you know, and I don't think, in my personal opinion, I don't think Austin Dillon's as good as Tyler Reddick, even mm-hmm. though they've got basically the same background. They both ran late models, but like they said the other day, Tyler Reddick was running in World of uh, World of Outlaws late model at 14. <laughs> That's insane. Good land. All right, uh, we talked a little bit in the in the intro. Uh, Noah Gregson was fined by NASCAR on two Wednesday uh, for their uh, for basically for wrecking a driver on purpose that he said doored him three times prior in the race and numerous times earlier in the season. He just had enough of it, so I don't think there's any splitting hairs here. He admitted it. You could blatantly see it. He wrecked the guy and he did a terrible job doing it because he ended up wrecking himself and a couple other cars. Yeah, he got 35 grand. And, uh, you know, for an Xfinity Series driver, that's still a pretty good chunk. I I don't care if he's driving for junior or not. That one's going to hurt the pocket. Yeah. 30 owner points, 30 driver points. Uh, All day Wednesday, Facebook, uh, NASCAR on NBC, NASCAR on Fox, NASCAR's 
Sirius X and everybody's talking about the quotes from Dale Earnhardt, basically just saying you can't do stuff like that or you're going to hurt your future. You're not going to be sponsorable. You're not going to be um, an appealing person, uh, talent or no talent. Uh, pe- team owners don't want to deal with something like that. And he made it kind of sound like, uh, you know, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about this coming up, but that Noah's one of the front contenders that if, if junior motorsports does move up into cup. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, I mean, he, he's running for junior now and he's having a solid season. He's going to be in the playoffs. Um, obviously if he would win the title, he'd be the front runner mm-hmm. if junior moved up. But if you do stupid stuff, like he said, you know, you're not going to have sponsors, you know, wanting to want you to go in front of their product and stuff like that. Kind of what Kyle Bush went through several years ago. Right. And in all honesty, that might be something that's really coming back to hurt Kyle Bush right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, in my, in my humble opinion, I think it absolutely is. Sponsors don't want to deal with that kind of a headache. It was quite frankly, amazing that M&Ms dealt with it for as long as they did. Who knows if that was the reason for their exit. They said it wasn't, but uh, you yeah, would think no. if it was that they would move to a different driver because they were seeing some great results off of what he was doing. Oh yeah. I, I, I don't think, you know, that stuff was long enough, long ago in the past. He's been decent enough the last several years that I don't think that was an issue with him, but it might be an issue with other people looking to come on board. Right. Yeah. And let's just, you know, let's be honest. We're seeing a lot more short race deals, five to eight race deals, then we are seeing, you know, guys coming on or sponsors coming on for 24 races and stuff like that. Yep. You know, it's it's just so much more short term. And that's just the economy right now, I think, is a big part of that. Yeah. And, you know, that's his life. It ain't nothing wrong. That's the way the world is right now. I agree. All right. So Noah Gregson gets slapped with a penalty. Uh, moving more towards local news. Did you see the post, Dirk, that Code Red is going to be back in the seat this Friday at IED Speedway for the um july 8th race i'm trying to think i don't think there's a special race attached to that any kind of a special race yeah it's uh i did uh i did read that and uh if i'm not mistaken that's about two months early yep. than what the original prognosis was wasn't the original pro- they were hoping he'd get back for maybe the eagle nationals yeah for the race, the race nationals. Mm-hmm. you know i think that was kind of the original prognosis which to me tells me that that he did everything that the doctor told him to do, you yep. know, from taking pills to doing rehab and yeah. great job, Cody way to get back, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and uh, by the way, this Friday, along with the uh, sprint cars and Auburn bank, three sixty sprint cars and Cody ledger making his return to a sprint car. Uh, they're going to be doing kids car ride alongs on Friday. So that oh, was the special part of the race. I was thinking about who are you going to ride with? Um, I'd not could be Cody. Adam Gullion, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we got about 10 minutes left, and then we're going to get over into uh, turn number two with uh, Ryan Arbogast, so hang tight with that one. Flow Racing and MAV-TV announced a partnership uh, last Thursday, so about a week ago. It was just after we'd published, and I remember saying after we, or I remember thinking after we ended it, I was like, oh, man, we didn't even talk about the speculation that MAV and Flow were going to be joining forces um, but my understanding on this whole thing is that Mav TV has been struggling. Um, maybe it's because they're kind of have a crappy contract with the racetracks and they screw racetracks out of money. I don't know. Maybe that's just my, 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 uh, speculation, but, um, Mav TV has struggled the last couple of years. Flow racing has continued to buy up everything. And now they have, uh, reached a deal with Mav TV. So I believe that is, uh, set to kick off, uh, pretty quickly. Let's see. It's going to be Flow and Mav TV Plus will both stream new Mav TV Plus live programming to their subscribers starting June 30th through midnight on Tuesday, July 26th. After that, fans will need to subscribe to Flow to continue to watch Mav TV programming. So, uh, Silver Dollar Nationals should be on. Well, it looks like it sounds like it's going to be on both, and then um, after that, uh, you'll be able to uh, to just catch it on Flow Racing. So. Uh, I'm not hurt by this at all. Um, I'm glad that Lucas Oil has somewhere to go. And, and I always liked the amount of programming that Mav TV provided. Uh, I was just mostly frustrated with the fact that they gave zero dollars back to the racetracks for profit sharing. 
Yeah. Well, and see, that's, you know, that's where some of the contracts and stuff got all crazy. I, I think Mav TV, didn't they make their contract with Lucas Oil? So they had the exclusive rights for it. They bought Lucas Oil TV. Okay. I, and, I, I just knew they were hooked in there some way. Yeah. And they, so, yeah, they had exclusive rights. Anything that Lucas Oil sponsored, if it's ASCS, if it's late model racing or, or whatever, uh, my understanding is it was exclusively broadcast on Lucas Oil TV, which then turned into Mav TV, which is now turning into Flow TV. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm just thinking there was a contract between – the Lucas Oil Late Model Series and all the other Lucas Oil Series mm-hmm. that said Mav is going to broadcast their race because otherwise these tracks could have said no, this race ain't being broadcast. Buy a ticket or you ain't gonna see it. Yeah, that's if if you're remembering something there, you're remembering it exactly right because the conversation that started off and where I kind of got reeled into all of this was um, Dirt on Dirt used to have the contract for the broadcast rights for the Silver Dollar Nationals, and when Dirt on Dirt, I believe, was absorbed by Flow. Mav TV, well, Lucas Oil TV came in and said that contract to I-80 said that contract is void because there is no more Dirt on Dirt and you must accept our streaming contract and we're the only ones that can be there streaming the race. And it, it went from a substantial compensation check for the racetrack to nothing. And that's I, I know that Joe and, and Steve had a big uh, fight about that with Lucas Oil because that's a crap deal. Well, I have never um, never paid for to see a minute of Mav TV because mm-hmm. it's all on. Uh... You know, I just I don't support that crap. As far as I'm concerned, that what they're doing is flat wrong. Yep. And so I just I don't support it. Yeah, know? I and that's why I always stress to people who want to watch like uh, Advantage Racing TV. Go through eagleraceway.tv because there is a larger portion of that $24.99 per night or whatever the annual membership was that gets paid to the racetrack. If you go through IMCA TV or Advantage Racing TV, the racetrack still gets something, but it's not as much. So anyways, cool deal there. I'm, I'm excited for that. I, I hope that that helps uh, uh, put a little bit more money back in the racetrack's pockets. Yeah, um, well, I had to do it for some reason, so yeah. hopefully it does. Yep. All right, uh, this coming weekend, Friday night, Malverbank 360s at I-80 Speedway. We talked a little bit about it with uh, with Cody Ledger making his return to the uh, 360 sprint cars. It's also a kid's car ride-along. It's a NASCAR night, super late models, sport mods, stock cars, hobby stocks, compacts, racing at 715. Pretty good purse, 1,500 to win for super late models and Malverbank 360 sprint cars. Uh, let's see. Adams County Speedway is doing free admission this coming Saturday. Grab the family and friends and come out and enjoy a free night of racing. Brought to you by Iowa Corn Growers Association. Uh, again, that's this coming Saturday. And Eagle Raceway has uh, the kids rescheduled kids color run Saturday night. Uh, haven't heard if they're shifting the order back to normal, but sprint cars have been running first to not burn up those tires. Yeah, uh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I it, it seemed to have worked a little bit, although it kind of compromised the racing just a little bit, which, I mean, that's them's the brakes. You know, nothing really you could do about that. Uh, Saturday, our friends at Boone County Raceway are going to be having their uh, annual Tanner Peltzer Memorial, which I messaged Ryan Kumpf, who's the announcer out there, to see if he was able to get me an updated car count, but uh, we're, it sounds like there's going to be well over, uh, 120, 130 cars that are pre-registered and ready to go for that race. So, um, that will be a, uh, a busy, busy night of racing. And, and that's going to be on, Sunday that, night. That's on Saturday? Sunday night. Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Stock I thought cars, it was Sunday. I think you said Saturday. So okay. that's why I was. Thank you. Uh, stock cars paying $5,111 to win sport mods. $1,211 to win hobbies 11 and 11 to win and the uh, micro sprints paying 811 to win. So four classes of racing. It's also going to be the uh, stock car uh, crown summer series that is going around. That's also going to be a part of that. So I expect that purse for the stock cars to rise as uh, it did last year. As we get to the week of the racing, it keeps the uh, more sponsors come on board to help support that. And that payout turns out to be amazing. 
but um, I'm excited because it uh, they've asked me to come out there and help uh, announce, and uh, I'm help, not going to turn that down at all. And that will be broadcast on Flow Racing, and like we talked about, Flow gives a little bit better kickback to the racetrack, so I don't have a problem with you guys staying at home, but uh, can't beat being out at the racetrack and watching some great racing. A little dirty, bear. Yeah, buddy. Uh, this weekend's race for NASCAR, it's going to be at Atlanta Motor Speedway at uh, 2 o'clock Central Time. Qualifying is going to be on Saturday. No practice. TV broadcast will be on the USA Network. And uh, I saw Chase Elliott and Ryan Blaney are co-favorites to win this weekend's race. The Quaker, Quaker, State, Quaker State 400 at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Get your picks in on time and uh, make sure you get them in for the Rick Havenridge Pickens Contest. Um, anything else we got to cover in the last couple of minutes? No, I think we're, I think we got this, uh, uh, turn wrapped up pretty well. I think so too. We're going to take a break. We'll come back to number two. We're going to have a conversation with Ryan Arbergast driver of the number two sport modified throughout the area, picked up his first career win at Eagle a couple of weeks back. So we're going to talk to Ryan coming up in turn number two. Hang tight. We'll be right back on the front stretch. Race fans, come to Boone County Raceway Sunday, July 10th for the second annual Nebraska Owners Insurance Tanner Pelster Memorial. See IMCA stock cars compete for the $5,111 top prize, plus IMCA hobby stocks $1,111, IMCA sport modifieds $1,211, and A-Class Micro Sprints paying $811 to win. Hot laps at 5 p.m. racing at 6. Visit BooneCountyRaceway.com for tickets. The second annual Nebraska Owners Insurance Tanner Pelster Memorial at Boone County Raceway. We all have that coworker that runs their mouth off at how great they are. They shot a five under par, 95 mile an hour fastball, bench press 375, brah. Wouldn't you love to shut them up by schooling them at Joe's Karting? Council Bluffs premier indoor karting track, professionally designed so each corner is your opportunity to embarrass your coworker. Call Buddy for your next company outing at 712-256-5278. Joe's Karting, white knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue next to AMC 17. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch. Rolling into turn number two, presented by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Get over to the lube today for all the great food, sights, and sounds. And and uh, you know what? Try the Triple Atomic Challenge. Why not? Just figure out what I went through last... Uh, when did I do that? Was that January? Um... I was thinking it was before Christmas, but was it after Christmas? Oh, I don't remember at all. Well, give me a minute. I'll go find it. Yeah, that was a funny video. It's just that whole, what, 20 or 30 minutes of of suffering and crying. Uh, that was fun. But anyways, uh, try that triple atomic challenge. It was, uh, that's a good time. And, and I've, uh, I've started a new challenge. Of course, uh, Adam going in and I are, are eternally competitive. And so we're trying to raise more money than each other. If I raise more money than him, he has to do the triple atomic challenge, Quaker steak and lube. If he eats more or uh, raises more money than me, then I have, he gets to shave my beard in front of the crowd. Um, <clears throat> the first race in August. So January 17th. Okay. That sounds about right. That's about all right. Uh, but joining us on the show now, uh, Dirk, we've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks. Uh, anybody that wants to reach out to us and come on the show, actually we've been talking about it for like the last year, uh, is welcome <laughs> to come on the show. We won't tell anybody no. Just reach out to us. And that's what Ryan Arbogast did. Um, and I'm excited to have Ryan on the show. Picked up his first career cup, uh, first career cup series win. First career win at Eagle Raceway a few weeks back. And uh, I think it's very fitting that uh, we get Ryan on the show, especially since you reached out and said, uh, hey, I'd like to come on the show and chat with you guys. So, Ryan? What's the matter with you? Why do you want to talk with us? <laughs> well, it helps you guys out and it gets does. people to listen listen to someone someone different for a change. So I, and I love yeah, it. Maybe love it'll it. help get my name out there a little bit more too. Well, Three more fans are gonna come your way. Oh, uh, I'm not gonna turn down any new fans, that's for sure. <laughs> Dirk, I stepped on you there. What were you saying? I said he ought to interview us then if they want to hear something different. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ryan, let's start off kind of the, the, at home base where we usually talk with a lot of, uh, or home plate, I guess, uh, with a lot of drivers, just getting to know them and understanding how they 
got to where they are. So talk a little bit about uh, getting involved in racing. When did it all start and how long you been doing it? Well, it all started out. Um, it was, so I was in fourth grade and for Christmas, my dad had this brilliant idea to go buy a, a flat cart for um, racing go-karts. Um, this guy he worked with, his kids raced and he talked my dad into getting one and um, that was started racing that summer of 2005 I believe it was and just kind of took off from there awesome so what all you started out in carts uh, did you race anything else on your way up to a sport mod yeah I raced carts until um, the end of 2012 and then we went and bought a micro sprint and I raced micro sprints. Uh, 2013 was my first full season all the way up until um, middle of 2019. And then I sold the micro sprint halfway through the season. Leading the points and everything, I decided it was a good idea to sell the micro sprint and buy a sport mod for some reason. But that's, that's what we did. Were you able to turn a profit on this on the micro? Is that why? Uh. Not necessarily. Um, at, at the time, there's some stuff going on with my life where the next season I wasn't, we raced at Cam Raceway on Friday nights, and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to make the um, races on Friday nights the next season. Yeah. And with the sport mod, obviously, you got tons of tracks that race all the way from Thursday through Sunday in Nebraska. So that was kind of my thinking there. And I put the car up for sale about uh, a little after midway through the season in 2019, thinking it'd take a while for it to sell. I only took like two or three weeks for it to sell. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I took the money from that and got a sport mod. And I think I ran three three races in 2019 at, uh, at Eagle Raceway. How are you liking the change from a micro to a sport mod? Uh I actually really like it. Um, it's it's a different challenge, that's for sure. Um, driving driving the um, sport mods completely different compared to driving a micro and setting them up is completely different. I mean, um, with sport mods, obviously you're scaling them and you got tons of stuff you can do to the rear end. And obviously, a micro is pretty much just like a sprint car, but smaller. A few other differences, but um, yeah, there's lot more into a sport mod than what there is for a micro just chassis wise and stuff that you can do and, and all that stuff so it's a whole new learning game for me and it, it makes it fun to be out there learning all over again were you able to pick up any feature wins in that micro oh uh, yeah we we picked up quite a few um i think my second season in the micro we ended up picking up seven or eight wins that season in mm -hmm. uh, 2014 and uh next season after that we picked up two or three more and then i think we went two or three years without without winning one um we went with a we got a new chassis after my third season and it took us a little bit to figure that new chassis out but once we got that new chassis figured out we were pretty fast and competitive again running up with uh, like you talked to Derek Crowell we were running with Derek and drop Julian when he would show up and there's a few other fast guys that were there too and yeah it was we were competitive it was fun awesome did you ever entertain uh going to an actual door car a hobby or a stock car or anything like that or was it pretty much always looked at the modified to move up to uh i i kind of looked at it um i've i've had tons of friends that have raced hobbies and i don't want to take anything away from them or anything but it's just the sport mods and the modifieds have just always caught my eye i i mean you you watch them race and they're obviously pitched sideways a little bit more than what the stock cars and the hobby stocks are and uh just the open wheels on the front and I, I just kind of like the way how they look 
watching watching the A mods and sport mods race. I always thought they were fun to watch. So that's kind of where I wanted to, to head to. Talking with Ryan Arbogast, driver of the number two sport modified throughout the area. Picked up your first career sport modified win a couple of weeks back at Eagle Raceway. Kind of talk a little bit about that race. Uh, yeah, we, we tried uh, uh, some new stuff on the car. And it, yeah, I think Jeremy Lighting had uh, Lighting Motorsports out a lot. He gave us some suggestions. We tried it, and it, it worked, and it really woke the car up. And uh, uh, I, I got to say, about halfway through that race, when all those cautions started coming out, though, I started getting nervous looking up at the board and seeing seeing Nehrud and Verbka and um, Scout and all those guys behind me, and we were just praying to hold on and uh, – um, luckily, we were able to, and after going back and watching the video, uh, um, Scout and I have had something for us by watching the video, but um, luckily, we were able to, to hold on. So, I don't know. That was a big one. And I, I was excited to get that first win finally in the sport mod. Yeah, I think if I'm remembering right, Ari uh, uh, caught you, but uh, I think there was a couple of laps, but he just wasn't able to get around you. Am I remembering that race right? Uh, yeah, uh, I think he kept, uh, I remember right looking at the relatives, he, he stayed like a consistent one second back from me. It seemed like I would pull away from him coming out of turn one on the restarts and we'd only be able to go a lap or two and then another caution would come out. Yeah. Regular sport mod race. Lots of cautions. They've, oh, they've, we've they've been, been, been pretty good this season, yeah. surprisingly. Last two yeah. years, ever since uh, the stock cars joined and Roger changed up the format to where the uh, sport mods aren't the first class to go out, uh, there's been far fewer cautions. I think you guys have gotten into the races maybe three or four times for free this year. Uh, yeah, because I just got in last week for free also. So yeah, yeah I think at least three or four times. So what's the next couple of years look like for you? Are you going to continue to run a sport mod or are you going to go crazy and buy yourself a sprint car? Oh, if I had <laughs> a little bit of extra funds, I would love to be in a sprint car or even a mod or late model. Uh, I'm one of those guys. I just like to race. I don't really care what it is, but obviously the more power you can have and the faster you go, the more fun it is. But uh, I think we're going to stay in the sport mod at least for the next uh, couple of years. And uh, I, I got some plans to do some stuff a little bit different on the, on the sport mod next season as long as everything works out. I can get a little bit of extra money to, to do what I want, but um, I'm thinking about getting an open engine built for next season and getting rid of the crate. So um, ah. we'll see how things work for us. Now, are you running any other tracks or just Eagle? And do you plan on in the future running anywhere else? Uh, this season I've kind of planned on just sticking with Eagle, um, with, I'm a truck driver. So obviously Thursday nights and stuff, I never know when I'm going to get off. So that makes Thursday and Fridays hard. Um, I really like Lexington, but with that being a two hour drive and by the time I get home late, it kind of sucks getting up in the morning, um, Monday morning, go to work. So I think this season, for the most part, um, I think it's just going to be Eagle. We have gone to Lexington once this season already, and uh, we might try and hit Columbus up for their uh, Abe Lincoln um, special at the end of the year. But for the most part, it's just going to be Eagle this season. Um, I, I have talked to my boss a little bit about next season and telling him that there's probably going to be some days I'm going to want to get off early and whatnot and he was okay with so next season i'm planning on venturing out getting more tracks for sure well i can just make a, a recommendation that you need to probably get up to i-80 speedway once maybe after eagle finishes up try and make arrangements to get out to i-80 whether it's a corn or classic or whatever at least put some laps on the track if you ain't been there since it ain't going to be around in the future yeah so i've, I've had thoughts about it so there's a yeah. pretty pretty big race at the end of the year that might uh might appeal to you and uh yeah with the Cornhusker classic and then uh i believe the sport mods are also on the bill to be the support class for the world of outlaws but yep, that 
I, I, I did see that, and that one did kind of catch my eye. But we'll just we'll just have to see where where things are at that point, and uh, see what kind of shape the car is, and by by that time of the season. And aren't they uh, the sport mods are on with uh, the stock car, the big stock car race at the end of the year too, aren't they? Um, I think. Doesn't Scott have a big stock car race coming up late in the year? Yeah, but I think that's that is the I'm trying to think now. I think that's the Cornhusker Classic. Oh, he's doing his stock cars at the Cornhusker. Yeah, okay. I'm just trying to remember what date they put him on because it get kind of it got kind of confusing when they released the schedule and then they made a couple of revisions as to who's won and running what races. Um, here we go. Uh. Friday, October 14th, Noth's Energy World of Outlaws with Sport Mods. Saturday, October 15th, Malvern Bank and Hoker Trucking Super Late Model Championships plus modified stock cars and Bragg and Wright Late Models. Uh, looks like the last time the Sport Mods will be running at I-80 Speedway will be that Friday the 14th for the uh, yeah. uh, with support with the, uh, the World of Outlaws, I mean. What are the tracks? You kind of talked about Dawson County. Any other tracks you'd kind of like to, you know, ballpark or I guess uh, pie in the sky? What tracks would you like to go and run at? Um, I I think Marshalltown in uh in Iowa would be fun to go to one of these times. Um, are you that, are you more of a short track guy? Uh, sort of. I mean, um, last uh, two seasons I've raced at McCool just. Um, mainly because uh, when I first started out, every time I went to Eagle, I just got torn up. And <laughs> uh, obviously this season we didn't have a choice. And uh, I'm actually uh, quite surprised with how well we're doing in points at Eagle. And uh, for the most part, we've, fingers crossed so far, we've been better off this season not tearing anything up than what we were last season when we were running cool. So, but yeah, I'd say I, I, I would say I'm, I prefer the short tracks a lot more than the big long tracks for sure. It, they're a lot more fun to drive. Yeah, they can be. Uh, they can have their own characteristics that tend to favor. Um, to tend to favor some drivers. It, it's. I mean, I, 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 Dirk. I don't know if you feel like this, but it kind of feels like the the big big tracks are kind of starting to go away. Oh yeah, we discussed that a few weeks ago. I mean. Um... For a long time, that's all it was. Everybody wanted to see the big horsepower on the big tracks. But now that promoters have gotten a little smarter and people are demanding, you know, a three-hour show instead of a five-hour show, you know, uh, Harlan shortened up, Crawford County shortened up, and, of course, Harlan, I mean, Shelby County. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you're seeing it happen several places. Farley, Iowa shortened up, um, you know, three pretty – well respected at one time half mile track so absolutely uh, once again we're talking with ryan arbor gas driver the number two sport modified um let's see talk about if you'd run sprints modified would you go up into a modified uh, oh yeah i i like i said i'd go into a modified i'd go into a late model i mean if if anyone gave me the opportunity to i, I I would probably jump into a compact or a hobby stock if I, if I didn't have to pay for it and I could just go out there and race. Like I said, <laughs> I, I just like racing. But if, if I had a if I had a choice, um, I think the next step up would be either a sprint car or an A-mod. Um, although a super late mall would be fun too, but um, I, I'd, I'd say probably an A-mod or a, a sprint car. Moving up into the uh, super late models is working out pretty good for Cole Wayman. Oh uh, yeah, and actually him and his dad, uh, my first season, um, they helped out quite a bit and kind of helped me kind of choose a what car I wanted to buy and kind of helped on set up a little bit my first couple of races. And yeah, they're they're nice people, and mm -hmm. um, I I don't have any anything bad to say about the Waymans. All right. Uh, you said you were a trucker in your full-time life. Uh, do you truck for somebody or is it a cell phone company? Uh, I, I truck for someone, um, right now. Um, plan is down, down the line, um, in the future, obviously the goal is to get my own and, um, be an owner operator and hopefully make a little bit, bit more money like that. But, um, yep. Right now I just, I just drive for somebody. Uh, do you mind saying who you haul for? 
Uh, Bruins LLC. Um, they're out of uh, Waco, Nebraska. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I mean, truck drivers right now are making damn good money. Oh yeah. No, no shortage of uh, hours either. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, everybody seems to be hiring. Uh, you just look on Facebook, you know, and you see all kinds of ads for you know trucking outfits hiring. And I mean, I got a real good friend that Dan also knows, and and he he drives uh, for Red Giant Oil out of Council Bluffs, and he gets a ton of hours and a ton of miles, and he's making a ton of money, you know. So. Uh, oh yeah. I think yeah. now's the time to drive for somebody else because they're footing that fuel bill and, and you're just, you're, you're getting the, uh, cents per mile. Yeah. That's, that's no joke right there. All right. Uh, let's talk about some of those sponsors that are on the side of your number two sport modified. Obviously, uh, Jeremy lighting with lighting motorsports. He's a big one. The load shop with, uh, Mark lighting. He's, uh, he put the wrap on and did all my shocks we got uh, Lindsay Lou's Sweet Things. If you guys need any cupcakes or uh, any anything sweet, cookies, whatever, um, you can find her on my motorsports page, Ryan Arbogast Motorsports. Um, hit her up, get an order in. Um, um, Barry Lewis with Lewis uh, Performance and Automotive. Um, um, Carney uh, Aaron's Rent-to-Own, rent if I could talk. Uh, fanatics sports bar and grill and carney and uh mom and dad they're they're a huge help and obviously my girlfriend her family they they help too so uh i think that's everybody if i forgot someone i'm sorry but um there there's there's so many people that help out yeah oh what one other person i gotta thank tony Heron. he's he's been a big part of whether it's helping find sponsors or when I race micros, the uh, paying my body on my micro for me before we put stickers on it. So he's always been, been a big help. Uh, I tried to get him to paint the sport mod. And once he heard I was going to get a car with a fender, he said he wanted nothing to do with that because they get <laughs> bent up. He kicked you to the curb? <laughs> well, he, no, he's, he's still, he still helps and he's supportive. He just he didn't want to put all the time and work into something that's going to get bent up. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I can Dan, understand that. Dan, you ought to call that sweet tooth place and get a new egg customer. I already got him on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're in egg hoarding mode right now because of uh, the uh, family stuff coming up down the road. We got some big eggs, uh, egg orders we're going to be doing. So, and plus, with it being this hot, the chickens and ducks just aren't laying as, as much as. As they were in the spring and will be uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks when things actually cool off a little bit. But you don't got the central air hooked up in the coop yet? <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> it's not a bad idea, actually. Uh, <laughs> talking with Ryan Arbergast. Ryan Arbergast Motorsports on Facebook. Ryan, I appreciate you reaching out to us. It's always good talking with you. And I hope I get to talk to you down in Victory Lane a couple more times this year. Oh, that'd be nice. That's That's the plan. So uh, we'll see what we can do. And obviously a little bit of luck never hurts. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Thanks again for your time. And uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Thank you. So once again, that was Ryan Arbogast, driver, the number two sport modified. Nice guy. I uh, had a fun conversation with him in the victory lane interview with the front stretch and always enjoy when somebody reaches out to us and says, Hey, I'd like to come on the show. So if you want to, that's all it takes. Just message Dirk or myself message the Facebook page. And we'll get back to you right away and schedule it either for a uh, Monday night or a Wednesday night. But yeah, good conversation there. Learn something new about somebody new. I don't think we're missing anything else. Kind of thumbing through just a little bit. Um, we'll talk more about the Silver Dollar Nationals coming up in a couple of weeks at IED Speedway for next week's show. Um, they're releasing all their information on their races and who's the supporting classes and payouts and all that kind of fun stuff. So. We'll be covering more of that coming up next week. Uh, make sure to go to my uh, my personal page, my personal Dan, pa Dan Taylor page, and donate to the Alzheimer's fundraiser. So I'm trying to raise more money than Adam Gullion. If I do, he has to eat the triple atomic challenge wings. If I don't, he gets to shave my beard in front of everybody at Eagle Raceway, and I have to keep it off for the season. He tried to tell me I had to keep it off for the year, and I absolutely said no. I need my face fur to keep my uh, face warm during the winter time. 
But um, fun little challenge there and, and him and I just having a good time. And hopefully we're going to be able to raise a ton of money for the Alzheimer's Association. Uh, all of those donations, by the way, go right to the Alzheimer's Association. Facebook doesn't take a cut of it. And I think the Alzheimer's Association only uses like 4% of their total donations for administration, uh, for no, administrative that, fees. That's amazing if that's an accurate number. That's amazing. I saw it on their Facebook page when I was thumbing around there. I'll try to pull it up again while we're talking, but. Yeah, uh, a great operation, a great organization, and um, I'm a I'm a big supporter of these guys. Obviously, uh, dealing with um, my uh, my aunt losing the battle to Alzheimer's, and um, and just so many people, it's it amazes me every week how I have somebody come up to me, hand me a five, ten, or twenty dollar bill, and just say, "I lost you know my family member to Alzheimer's. Please keep up the the good work and, and appreciate what you're doing." So that always makes me feel good. Yep, yep, it's a good cause and. Uh... What exactly are you and Adam? I mean, just literally who gets the most money by August 1st or what? Yeah, July 30th is the end of it. Midnight July 30th. So that last Saturday night at Eagle will be the final night. And sadly enough, I'm going to be gone. <laughs> I'm, we're going to the Ozarks that week. So I, I picked the, la- the last day I could to, to get people to donate to me. I, I picked that as the date to go down to be gone for on vacation. So great. <laughs> I'm sure James or somebody will step up for you. I hope so. So that's going to do it for us. Make sure to get your picks in on time for the Rick Haven Rich Pickups Contest. Big thanks to Joe's Carding. Big thanks to Taylor Computers and Repair for all the technical support. If you need to speed up your computer or you need to uh, overhaul your computer, give me a call today, 402-659-5641. Big thanks to, uh, if I didn't say Quaker Steak and Luby, official watering hole of the front stretch, and, of course, Rick Haven Ridge of Wealth Partners. Find out what Rick can do for you today. Rick Havenridge advice.com for Dirk Houston. I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the front stretch. The official watering hole of the front stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from four to six is happy hour featuring dollar off draft and well drinks. Plus $4 Luberitas. Mondays are kids night. Tuesdays are all you can eat wings for 1295 and the lube even delivers to the council bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs. Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Karting. Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around their professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting, 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak & Lube.